Hello and welcome to the recap episode of the Offseeve Sports, the Wildcat Offense Football Edition. What a win. What a win. The Cats came through last Saturday and upset the Maryland Terrapins at home, improving to 4-3 and three and getting another key win in this season. Two wins away from being bowl eligible and... Oh my goodness, just when everyone, or not everyone, but most would think that the Cats were double-digit underdogs to this pretty successful Maryland Terrapins team, Northwestern defied the odds, used home field to their advantage, and came away with a 33-27 win over those Terps. It is beautiful to see, and... I am nothing short of happy for uh, the for the team, for myself as a fan, and really all of Northwestern's faithful. I mean, you can't you can't you can't make this up. It it's already contributing to an already great season, and there's really it's just everything about this win was just so good. You just had to you just had to watch it to see how big this really was i mean man that was amazing but um if we are gonna get a little organized here let's go talk about the scoring breakdown uh in the first quarter maryland struck first with an eight yard touchdown reception from ty felton via taulia tagovailoa terps go up seven nothing later in the quarter uh the cats answer with a one-yard touchdown rush by Cam Porter, tying it up at seven. First quarter again, Roman Hemby. So again, in the preview show, I said that the Cats need to watch out for him. And of course, he delivers with a 24-yard touchdown reception from Tagovailoa. Maryland goes up 14-7. to And to have the last scoring play of the first quarter, it belongs to Bryce Kurtz via a 23-yard touchdown reception. Uh, and everything is knotted up at 14 apiece. So it seems like in the beginning, both teams were going tick for tat. And that was pretty surprising to me, just watching the game and watching it back. Because, of course, I know I said in the uh, preview show that Northwestern tends to do all of its scoring at home. But I didn't expect a first quarter shutout, or not shutout, shootout, to where both teams are scoring more than 10 points per. And um, this was already starting to become very entertaining. But that it doesn't stop there. We look at the second quarter at the 12-17 mark. Uh, Cam Porter catches a three-yard floater from Brendan Sullivan. It looked like a broken play where uh, Sullivan was going to get sacked and they're we're already in the red zone, so it's a very, very tough place to get stopped. But no, you just let it go at the last second. It looked like one of those movie tosses. And somehow Porter was just open, no turp within five feet of him, catches the ball, walks it into the end zone. And uh, from there, the Cats overtake early in the second, 21 to 14. At the 118 mark in the uh, 
the half. Olsen hits a 33-yard field goal to have the Cats lead extended to 14-24. to And to end the half, Maryland hits a field goal of their own, making it 24-17. 13-29 in the third, Olsen hits a field goal. 17-27, Cats go up. Maryland eventually answers with a field goal of their own at the 445 mark, making the game a one-score game, 27 to 20. 919 mark in the fourth, Olsen hits another field goal, making it 30 to 20 cats. 503 in the fourth, Olsen again. So it's the Jack Olsen show pretty much in terms of scoring for the cats at in the second half. 33-20. And at 342 mark, Deshaun Jones catches an 18-yard pass from Talia Tagabailoa. Um, minimizing the score from 20 to 33 to 27 to 33. However, the game ends on a Coco Azema pick or interception from Talia Tagovailoa. It was kind of one of one of those deep passes that if it's caught by a Maryland player, it's huge momentum and they have a chance to tie the game. But there seemed to be no turp in sight, and Azema was right there. Right place, right time, boom, he calls game. And arguably, the Cats have their biggest upset of the year. I think that's a bigger upset than when they beat Minnesota in overtime because not only did they beat a team with a much better record, but also they beat a team that probably is more talented at home and in regulation. Like, oh my gosh. Amazing, 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 amazing. Um, a couple stats that really stick out to me was that Maryland had more first downs than Northwestern. So, of course, uh, Maryland had no issue uh, moving the ball. And it's not to say that Northwestern didn't, but, of course, there seems to be a lot of movement, especially uh, on Maryland's side. So, of course, if, like any team, you want to move the, the ball forward, and they did a pretty good job at that. As far as possession time, the Cats actually had more possession time uh, with 30 minutes, 47 seconds to 29-13 for the Terps. So, again, there's a little bit of parity, but for once, the Cats' favor is now on the side of T.O.P. But um, that's something I saw that was really interesting. The Cats struggled on third down, 2 for 10, while uh, Maryland went 6 for 15. So, of course... That is a bit of a concern, right? You want to keep drives alive. Like I said in the Nebraska preview, it seemed like the Cats were going backwards and not converting on third down. And in this game, even though they won and got as many points as they can, of course, converting on third down is a must. I mean, imagine if they converted more third downs. Maybe they could have scored more. But at the same time, like I always say, a win is a win. Um... Going into the individual offensive stats, looking at Maryland's, Talia Tagovailoa goes 30 for 47, 274 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Uh, his longest pass being 24 yards, got sacked six times. So great job on the defense for getting home uh, to Talia and bringing him down and uh, keeping him from doing more damage. Because like I said, going into last weekend, Talia is a pretty good college quarterback right he's manned that offense for the better part of three years so of course you want to make his life hard him him being prather right and at least when it came to lining up against talia it looks like the cats did a very good job 
of doing that. Six sacks in a game, very good. Um, Colby McDonald looks to be the leading rusher in that game, 43 yards over five attempts. Caden Prather did have a big run, one going for 36 yards. And of course, uh, man of interest, Roman Hemby, four attempts, 27 yards, no touchdowns. Receiving, Deshaun Jones was the leader of the day, nine receptions for 78 yards and one touchdown. Other touchdowns belonging to Ty Felton and Roman Hemby. Um, from Northwestern, Brendan Sullivan was QB1 again, 16 for 23, 265 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, so clean game from uh, QB2 filling in as QB1, or maybe it is QB1, who knows, And with a long pass of 53 yards and got sacked five times. So offensive line, not their best day, uh, got attacked pretty much five times throughout the game. Can't have that when you are lining up against an elite defense like Iowa, who we'll preview later in the week. Uh, Brendan Sullivan looks to be the leading rusher for the Cats. So again, playing to his strengths, being more of a dual threat quarterback. 56 yards on 14 touches. Cam Porter, 10 uh, touches and 27 yards with one touchdown. So that's good. Um, and AJ Henning getting involved on um, both facets, more receiving than rushing. But let's look at receiving too. Joseph Hyman having himself a day, two receptions and big ones too. 67 yards on the day. AJ Henning, five for 52. And Bryce Kurtz, three for 51 with the one touchdown. Cam Porter getting the other uh, touchdown receiving. Uh, two, two receptions on eight yards. So like I said earlier, or should I say late last week about the Cats being multifaceted on offense, it came. And it couldn't have come at a better time. I wish, again, that it came this week and last week. But you got to take the production when it comes. And like I said, it couldn't have come at a better time against a team like the Terrapins. But, um, man, so good day on offense overall, despite the five sacks. Uh, on defense, Maryland leading tacklers, Bo Brad or Brady with eight total tackles. Deshaun Barham with seven. Fanage Gote with seven. On Northwestern, Rod Hurd leading the way with tackles with nine. Fearless leader Bryce Gallagher with six. Had one sack and one forced fumble and a recovery for today. Devin Turner with five. Two others with five. Aiden Hubbard and Xander Mueller. So a lot, a lot, a lot of good things to see in that game. And of course, special teams, like I said, it was the Jack Olson show, doing most, if not all, of the scoring in the second half. Um, but with this, the Cats improved to 4-1 and one at home. With the six sacks, it's most in a game, recording uh, six against Minnesota back on November 18th of 2017. So it's their most in a game in six years. So it took six years for the Cats defense to replicate such a good performance in getting home to the quarterback. So good for them. And Coach Braun broke another record. Uh, four home wins are the most by a Northwestern head coach in his first season in program history. So congrats to uh, Coach Braun. And it's also another record on the offense. The 24 points in the first half were most in the first half since scoring 30 against, guess who? 
Maryland back in 2020. So that was a 43 to three game. And uh, it's also their first half lead against a Big Ten opponent against Maryland. So Maryland giving all the gifts that they could to the Cats. It seems like uh, Christmas came early uh, on that day. But there was so much to celebrate, so much to be happy about. And um, it looks like this can be that one win where it sets the tone for the rest of the year. So there should be about... Um, so it's seven games have been played, five games left in the year. So there's Iowa this weekend at Wrigley Field. That one is going to be a really big game. Wisconsin on the road at Camp Randall. And then Purdue at home, Senior Day, and Illinois on the road in Champaign for the Land of Lincoln Trophy. So there, there's a lot of positives, a lot of positives. I don't really have a huge negative other than letting again having more first downs than maryland um letting uh brendan solving get sacked five times that's still pretty unacceptable and especially if you're going to play pretty decent defenses the rest of the way you kind of you kind of cannot let that happen whether it's brendan sullivan or um ben bryant uh and i will say there was this one instance in the third quarter where uh, it looked like the Cats were in the red zone and they had the ball at the one, but chose to pass on third down. I get it. Those floater passes, you know, in the NFL, they do it all the time. But come on, if you were able to run the ball in from the one earlier in the game, it's not like that defense changed. Why couldn't you do it again? But of course, luckily, the Cats did the smart thing when uh, they couldn't convert on that third down, which was to take the points. Uh, and make a field goal so giving jack olsen more points and furthering that lead and keeping that game a two score game for the cats so i guess there's a little bit of forgiveness there but come on run the ball if had we not learned anything from uh the seahawks uh, from that super bowl against the patriots and also you're at the one come on it, it can't these guys are obviously capable of gaining a yard on the ground but other than that it's okay a win is a win What's important now, right? And that's winning right now and getting two more wins to be bowl eligible. Uh, other things I wanted to highlight via NU Sports. Brendan Sullivan passed for a career high 265 yards. Um, Bryce Kurtz hauled in his fourth touchdown of the year. And Coco Azima, so Hero Zero. Not only did he have the game-saving pick, he also returned the opening kick of the second half for 61 yards, which is the longest kick return by a Wildcat player since Solomon Vault, who had a 95-yard run against Michigan State on October 15th, 2016. So we didn't get to see any special uh, opening kick um, returns for a while. So that's really good. And... Aiden Hubbard had himself a game with a career-high three sacks, which is tied for the second most in a game uh, since uh, Ifeadi Odenibo, who is now in the NFL, who had four sacks against Iowa uh, in 2016. So, um, yeah, this was a great game for the Cats, despite a couple mishaps or a couple slip-ups. I mean, records were broken at the expense of Maryland, and, you know, 
this, like I said, it could be that one game that just sets the tone for the rest of the year. I mean, going into next week, or should I say this week, rather, the opponent, the venue, it's going to be big, right? Because Iowa, they look vulnerable right now. There's no Cade McNamara. They're relying on their defense and their run game. And that's, I mean, that's how they've always been playing for a while now, right? But there's magnitude. There's more magnitude, right? You're in a big venue against a big opponent, must-win game. Every game is a must-win for the rest of the year, right? Even though this is already the season that keeps on giving. But, you know, as long as they can keep capitalizing, use this, use this, use this as a building stone to keep, keep, building and keep progressing as that program that everyone has come to love over in Evanston. But yeah, I mean, for me personally, I'm thrilled. I'm, I'm just so elated with how the cats played overall. Um, I couldn't help but text friends, family, uh, peers that are big 10 fans themselves of other big 10 schools, i.e., Illinois, Indiana, Michigan State, and just texting them saying, hey, look at this. We beat Maryland. Oh my goodness. We're four and three. We don't know what to do with ourselves. It's freaking amazing. Oh man. I already can't wait for Saturday and it's only Tuesday. Um, but until then, thank you guys so much for everything. The listens, the likes, the ratings. Uh, it means so much to me to keep doing this and keep thinking of future projects for off-sea sport. Again, 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 the biggest thing, push the show on to friends, family, colleagues, anyone that's willing to be down for the sports talk conversation. I can be found on most platforms and Instagram. That's O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. I hope tonight's show, whether you're on the way home from work, putting in OT, uh, chilling at home, or even just daydreaming about how the cats can make another upset and uh, be Wrigleyville legends this Saturday, I hope this show brings a lot of good memory, a lot of good, good vibes, good energy coming off a huge win like that and looking forward to already the end of the week. But once again, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And let me know what you think. Um, what do you think of the Cats just breaking records left and right last Saturday? What do you think of how I feel of uh, this past game? Was it just right? Was it a little undercooked? Am I overhyping this team a little too much? Let me know. Let me know. Uh, again, all podcast platforms, or should I say most podcast platforms, and Instagram, Offsea Sport, O-F-F-C-I-E-S-P-O-R-T. On Friday, I will release the um, preview of Cats versus Iowa at Wrigley Field. That's going to be a huge game. I hope the Wrigley faithful, the Northwestern faithful, and I guess even the Cubs faithful come by and pack the house. I know it's a neutral site game, but we need to make it ours. We need to make it feel like this is our territory. We can't let those Hawks get comfortable on the road. And I understand it's it's a venue and most, or I shouldn't say most, but there's a lot of people that are 
Cubs fans or whatever, baseball fans, and they just happen to like the Hawkeyes or like the Cats, but we need to dominate the attendance there. But until then, I will see you all on Friday. Thank you again, and go Cats! Bye. <laughs>